Hello and welcome to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. My name is Liam from Reach Interactive and during the show I interview marketing experts on a range of topics such as SEO, pay-per-click, content marketing and more. If you do enjoy listening then can I politely ask you to leave us a review and subscribe to the show. It would be very much appreciated and it helps us grow our audience. So today we are heading to Birmingham to speak with Joe Burkdale, who is the CEO of Project 36, which is a B2B marketing agency. So hey Joe, how's it going? Yeah, hi there Liam, thanks for having us on the show. Yeah, not a problem, thank you for being here. So could you start by telling us a bit more about yourself and Project 36, please? Uh, yeah, so I'm Joe Burkdale, CEO of Project 36, and we are a B2B marketing agency uh, with a very heavy focus on account-based marketing. We are international we have client services teams in the geographies and territories that our customers need them and cover, say, ABM, inbound content strategy, design, illustration, campaign planning, execution, even podcasts ourselves, but video marketing webinars also. So lots of experience and different services then. I did make a note to mention your podcast too, which offers lots of value to anyone in sales or marketing C-suite roles. If you want to check that out, then you can find it on streaming platforms by searching for The CXO Show. And we're going to get started now and talk about something that I've been seeing more and more frequently across my LinkedIn feed, as well as in the major industry publications, and that is account-based marketing or ABM for short. So we're going to be chatting about what it is, how it can help businesses, getting started and more. As I mentioned in the introduction, we're going to be talking about ABM which is a new topic for the show, and it's also something that I don't know too much about, so I'm sure that I'll have lots of questions once we get going. The first one, though, is pretty standard. So first of all, Joe, what is ABM and what does it offer to businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So ABM has picked up a lot of headlines recently for the, for the high-level statistics and returns and ROI that people are generating with it. It's nothing new is the first thing. So many people will have known this as uh, key account marketing or key account sales. And if you take it right back, you would have been the sales rep driving around their target customers, knocking on the door and trying to set up meetings. Fast forward to where we are now, 2020, and it's a lot more sophisticated. It's got a new term, account-based marketing and technology is an enabler. But fundamentally, the principles are the same. It's, it's identifying the type of business at an account level that you would like to work with, that you can work with, and that they have a need for you. And then it's breaking that customer down or that target down into, we call it the decision-making unit or DMU, and identifying not only your primary buyer, the person that's going to sign the check, but also the influencer circle within that. So if we took, for example, a university, uh, and it's simplest sense, the university has got an audience of two. Uh, it's selling a course, and it's selling that course to the student, and it's selling that course to the parent. And the parent would probably like to know about uh, employability, value for money, uh, safety. The student's more interested in nightlife, accommodation, and shopping. So very different needs or very different requirements and i'm being very generalist there but very different needs and requirements to actually go and purchase the same thing and if both of those buyers are aligned then it's likely that the university will go and get their their course filled 
extrapolate that back into a business environment and obviously it gets much more complicated there's many many stakeholders you've got users let's say you're a software company and you want to use abm you've got the user of your software you've got the person or people buying that software so the financial teams got the hr teams that need to onboard you and do all the training and the associated costs for that so straight away you've got lots of different sales messages that need to resonate uh, with each and each one has to have their uh, their sales objections uh, overturned or overcome in order for you to be able to deliver your project so abm is about treating each business that you want to target as a market of one and then mashing up or compiling a series of messages that compel each decision maker in that account to want to use your service or product cool so that was a very detailed answer and hopefully it helps us to visualize what abm is and how it can help businesses so now that we know what it is what are some of the benefits and why can it add more value than potentially a standard or more traditional approach to marketing well, account-based marketing is not suitable for every business. That's the, the first thing to add here. So account-based marketing um, has got lots of moving parts and it's best suited to service organizations or organizations with highly customizable or complex sales cycles. So for example, an airplane engine manufacturer will have a fairly elongated or extended timeline. There will only be a finite number of people who are physically making aircraft that they can sell to. The engine characteristics will be highly configurable to the particular aircraft in which they're going to be bolted onto, and it's high value. So ABM is best suited to low volume, high value sales opportunities, whereas a tactic such as inbound marketing is better suited to higher volume, lower value items. So you'll find inbound marketing being used by businesses that have got more off-the-shelf service or off-the-shelf product to drive awareness and ABM being used by businesses that have got a, a much more configurable, a lot of human interaction um, service or, or sell. So software, uh, engineering software, for example, is a good product to be selling via account-based marketing because it's usually got a highly configurable solution. There'll be training consideration for the users that are going to take that on board. So simulation software, for example, within an engineering environment, the users of that software are going to have to go through a training cycle. What's the implication of that? How long does that take? What's the output? And at what point is it better than the service or solution that they've currently got? These are all considerations that need to be taken by a lot of decision makers uh, within that organization. The key benefit is, is the high value sales win. So traditional marketing, inbound marketing, you know, advertising is very good for awareness. It, it brings people who might not necessarily know about you and it helps nurture them a little bit. Account-based marketing is very good for those lower volume, but really high value opportunities. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. At Reach, we sell a service that has one main offering and it's somewhat technical. So inbound marketing can be challenging for me sometimes when I'm trying to create engaging content. So I can definitely appreciate the value of ABM too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, when we talk to a client that's um, interested in ABM, we, 99% of the time, we will have identified that client and we'll have approached them via a, a, an ABM campaign of our own. So we will have already done a little bit of due diligence and do they have the, the product or service that is suitable to be sold by or marketed by ABM? Can we work for them? Not do we want to, but can we work for them? Do we have the capability and the capacity to handle what they might ask us to do? And we've identified obviously the, the key decision makers within that business. So we then approach them and we're, we're kind of halfway there. We know that they've got a service or solution that, that could benefit from ABM. We just now need to convince them that's the case. With regards getting it in as an ABM campaign, it's a long-term 
program. It's not a set and forget. It's not a start it today, win tomorrow. You're talking many, 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 many months, sort of minimum nine to 12 months for an ABM campaign to start really converting. And that's because the sales cycle of the service or the product you're already selling already has a long sales cycle. So if company A is talking to prospect B in the traditional sense, on average might take nine to 12 months, let's say, longer sometimes. Just because you're running an account-based marketing program doesn't necessarily mean that that sales cycle is going to become three months. So a lot of people see all the headline figures for ABM and, and the returns that it generates, which, which can be and, and often are fantastic, but they expect to see them very, very quickly. And that just isn't the case normally. Um, you can shorten a sales cycle with ABM and you know, we're fairly effective at doing that, but it, it, it shouldn't be the primary objective when you start out. And the reason for mentioning all this is, is that ABM has to be a top down initiative that the organization at every level buys into. And what is absolutely fundamental and absolutely critical to account-based marketing is that sales and marketing are 100% aligned on the necessity, need, and support for account-based marketing. If there isn't, if the sales director is at loggerheads or has a difference of opinion on the best way to go, and they don't think ABM is that way forward, and they don't support it, it will fail because it doesn't matter what marketing they're doing to generate opportunity, to generate leads. If sales haven't engaged with that, A, they won't understand the work that's going on or the volume of effort. But when a lead does surface, they won't necessarily value that lead uh, because they've not been engaged in the process. So sales and marketing alignment is absolutely critical to account-based marketing. And, and when we talk to, to new prospects about that, if the sales leaders aren't in that room, if we don't have access to those salespeople, we will pull back until they are because it just fundamentally flawed from day one. And everybody wants to win new business, but we don't want to win new business at any cost. We want to win business that has a you know, very significant chance of succeeding. Yeah, I completely agree with getting everyone on board. And I think that can apply to all types of marketing to an extent too, especially if you're an SME or you have a small team. So let's say a company commits to ABM. Is there a long planning process that takes several weeks or months? And in terms of budgeting, does it require a large change in budget? For example, a high initial investment or perhaps a bigger sales or marketing team? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's one of those how long is a piece of string questions when it comes to budget. It depends on the organization, depends on the size and the scale of the, the ABM campaign or the strategy, depends on the timeline. So there's, there's a huge number of variables. So the, the process normally once we've got the sales and marketing alignment, we start to identify what type of ABM we're going to do. And there's, there's three primary types. So you've got ABM one-to-one, -one, and I'll explain each one separately in a minute, but you've got ABM one-to-one, -one, you've got ABM one-to-few, and ABM one-to-many. And the further along you go from one-to-one to one-to-few to one-to-many, one one the more reliance on technology you're going to need because you're going to have a huge volume of data points to be looking at and, and keeping up with. So Let's start with ABM one-to-one. -one. That is, in its very basic sense, let's take the airplane engine manufacturer again. There's probably, I don't know, 10, 15 manufacturers of, of jet or jet aircraft, and they need an engine. So let's say we're Rolls-Royce. We know we've got 10 or 15 target customers, maximum. We might already work with 10. So we've now got a, an addressable market that's new, if, if we're after net new business, of let's say five businesses. That would very much sit in the one-to-one -one category. We can manage that. There's potentially 10, 20 important decision makers within each of those businesses. But it's not. we're not talking thousands of people here. Um, so it, it's a fairly manageable process. And you would use that one-to-one -one ABM for very high value, low volume, as in not many businesses you can work with 
opportunities. Then moving along, you've got one to few. So that's where you'd have 10, 20, maybe up to 50 target businesses that you think you can work with. And you would then focus on, on, on addressing the key decision makers within those. And you'd probably have slightly fewer decision makers in that instance. And then lastly, you've gone to one to one, uh, one to many. And this is where you really do need to rely on technology to help you out. So programmatic advertising and things is going to come into play. Uh, very much here because of the sheer number of, of prospects that you're going to be handling. So you're definitely going to need a, a solid CRM. You're going to need to be tracking these opportunities and it, it just gets more complicated. Most businesses start ABM one-to-one and move and end up in ABM one-to-few. The reason for that is when they're starting out with an ABM campaign or on their ABM journey, we would encourage them if they've never done this before, either with us or, or themselves, with either another agency or ever, we would suggest a pilot program. And on the pilot program, we would identify a vertical or market that they're confident, their, their, their proposition is, is compelling and clear, um, that the salespeople that are going to be involved in the program are engaged and uh, active, and that the, uh, we have support for, let's say, 12 months for this campaign. We then identify a number of KPIs or key performance indicators that this campaign is going to have to hit along the way. And one of those absolutely should be return on investment. But bear in mind what I've already said about um, this ABM is a, is a long-term play. You can't turn it on today and expect revenue to come in tomorrow. It might happen and, and obviously we'd never turn that away, but it's unlikely. So we have to have key performance indicators or KPIs that point us in the right direction so that at month nine of a 12-month program, for example, we can say, right, our engagement with the following businesses has reached such a level where we think that in a normal sales cycle, this is looking good, that, that we, we predict that we'll close this business. Um, we just haven't physically had time to get there yet. So whatever those KPIs are, they would be tracked, agreed on at the start, and they would be tracked. And then we've got a direction of travel at any one time. We can look and say, look, we're on target, we're on track, or we're behind, we need to adapt and adjust. So ABM one to few is where most sit. And most would start with a pilot program of approximately 12 months. But the programs evolve. They don't stay set. You don't set them today and leave them. They evolve constantly because you're dealing with human, uh, human beings and human beings don't behave in a set format. We've got moods, we've got seasonality, we've got holidays, we've got pressures, stress, problems come up. Um, so we need to pivot accordingly and, and the campaigns need to do that as well. So budget-wise... It can really vary on, on who's doing what. If it's a fully agency-led solution, then it can be, I would say, cost-effective <laughs> because you don't need to staff up for that. Uh, you would have your, your existing marketing, internal marketing manager or your marketing exec could run the campaign once it's been agreed and, and set up and, and is live. And the agency can do all the heavy lifting. If you're doing it internally, you're going to need copywriters, you're going to need planners, you're going to need strategists, um, you're going to need a project lead. So Internally, ABM can be quite expensive to set up, but it is fairly formulaic as long as you've got the capability to adapt as things come about for you. It's difficult to put a number on, on cost because it very much depends on what you're selling and there's the, effectively the time and effort required to engage with the prospects. I wouldn't have thought you'd get much change out of between seven and $10,000 or seven and $10,000 pounds per month on a 12-month engagement. Um, so it can preclude a lot of small businesses. But that's not to say that you can't be achieved. It's just not where most sit. Most sit in sort of that seven to £10,000 per month campaign basis.
And I was going to ask whether it's suitable for small businesses, but I think you covered that in the answer too. So I know we're running short on time in this main section, so I have a few more final questions. So first of all, if a company wants to adopt ABM, then maybe what's the first step or step one, two, and three that they need to consider before they can really get going? So a marketing director or head of marketing needs to go and wander over and speak to the sales director or head of sales and say, look, here's an, a concept, an ABM strategy that I'd like to investigate it will require your support here's what it is here's some background reading you know are you up for this it's going to be different to what we currently do and uh, and then have that discussion internally at the point in which they've got initial alignment there should you know that there absolutely will be questions that are unanswered and the salespeople or sales leader will be well you know i normally put a bum on a seat and they can smile and dial and we'll get the same results that concern or question can still be there but they at least need to know what abm in principle can do and deliver and be interested to know more at that point they then need to look for a solution provider that's going to help them do that such as an agency project 36 for example we would then go in and have a conversation with ideally both of them um, to basically thrash out and scope out what it is they're looking to achieve when time scales initial budget ideas um, and, and have an honest and frank discussion of whether it'll work or won't or whether it's likely to work or won't so the, the first steps are really getting that alignment sorted and then setting up who you want to come in and help you deliver that and then to close out this main section without name dropping do you have any abm success stories that you'd be able to share with us uh, yeah well there's, there's several and one that probably springs to mind um, was a bit of a hybrid blend uh, of ABM, which we call Engage, which is about using inbound, outbound, and account-based marketing in a single unified campaign. So this was a, a campaign that was run across EMEA, across Europe, and we identified 20, I think it was 24 accounts that we were going to be targeting for our client, and they were high-level businesses so we've got amazon in there viva plc axa uh, barclays goldman sachs so these are all the, the type of businesses that we were targeting on for our clients and the, the decision making unit within each of those was the c-suite so high level executives so chief revenue officer chief finance officer chief data officers um, chief risk officers etc so very high level time staffed people who really know what they're doing and then you know senior with this campaign the level of engagement was exceptional so the actual engagement where the salespeople from our client had time spent with the target audience averaged just over four hours so that's phone time email time and face-to-face time was just about i've just got a case study here four hours seven minutes and 58 seconds on average that's key selling time at very very high level over the campaign um, so th- that was really, really valuable to our client in being able to position themselves as a thought leader, as an expert, but to get themselves onto approved supplier lists, get themselves the ability to start tendering for work um, and, and, and go from there. But outside of the key penetration of those accounts, we had quite a high level of visibility from a, an awareness point of view about the brand. Uh, whereby we identified a new database of just a, just under 10,500 prospects. Um, we converted 615 of those. We had massive attendance to some events that we ran. Um, engagement was you know, 88%. And of all the target companies that we reached out to, uh, we had engagement from all 24, so 100% penetration on that. So really high level stats but a very very successful campaign for our engage abm program 
yeah, that's awesome. Getting four hours of selling time with those big companies is huge. So it's really clear that ABM was very successful in that example. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's, that time is so precious to the target audience that they were freely giving that time. They were giving us a lot of information or giving my client a lot of information about their current solution, the incumbent supplier, the problems they were having, the opportunities that they've got and the direction of their business. This is all key sales insight that can then be responded to and tailored really in, in their approach so when they do get to the point where they're on that approved suppliers list they really know all the things they need to to achieve and to hit in order to get get through and, and get some get some working with them so really high level stats that i've given there because it's quite a sensitive client and quite a sensitive subject but um really compelling yeah definitely so we're going to close out the main section on abm right here and finish off with a few quick fire and fun questions so it's time to close out the episode with our usual questions the first one joe is do you have any fun or memorable work related stories that you could share with us it could be something that made you laugh made you cringe a little bit or a big disaster that you had to fix loads <laughs> um, loads that make me cringe one that happened quite recently actually in terms of last sort of six months ago we had a abm campaign that was culminating in a, in a live webinar and we had got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of live attendees tuning in to listen and to watch i've got a panel of five uh, that were speaking live so five guest speakers and we'd done the dry run previously. We'd done a lot of to and fro with the panelists, making sure that everything worked technically and everything was fine. And we did a, even a dry webinar run through that morning. And then um, come at the, the live event, literally with three or four minutes to go, one of the panelists couldn't get on, couldn't get on onto the uh, webinar. Uh, he was uh, the head of IT for a very, very large organization. And unbeknownst to them, their IT team had locked down certain websites during their lunch hour for security. And he decided for the webinar that he was going to go and connect via the VPN and go and work from home. And when he attempted to do so, he found that he could, then couldn't access the webinar software. So literally three or four minutes to go, he's phoning me, flapping. Um, so you just had to dance and, and, and really just lean into the corridor, grab the, the nearest expert that was walking past, stick a microphone in front of them and say, right, you're live, you're on, and uh, feed, them, feed them notes all the way through to keep it going. But come to, um, you know, be honest with the audience, say, look, we've had a bit of a technical hiccup with one of our guests, so stepping in is, and then, and it went really, really well. And the comments that came in from the, from the live feed was that the, the stand-in did a sterling job, but it's one of those where you want the ground to swallow you up and you fall in. So I've been in this a long time now and things like that they happen sometimes you've just got to roll with it and, and keep going so that's one that's recent but i'm sure there's many of them colleagues past and present will probably be able to come out and go oh, well what about this one and what about that one but uh, yeah there's always hiccups every day is a school day well i'm glad the story had a happy ending and i'm sure that there was a lot of stress during that period when you were prepping the new speaker um, but to close out do you have any resources that you can share for anyone that might want to find out any extra information on abm yeah, there's, I mean, there's loads. If, if you want to look at um, the kind of headline statistics that the ABM 
uh, industry or ABM strategies can start to deliver. Just literally Google ABM Stats 2020 and you'll find loads. A good resource would be people like HubSpot, for example. They've got some quite user-friendly entry-level information about account-based marketing. You can always go to our website, which is project36.io. If you click on the resources section, you'll see that there's, um, there's some stuff in there for ABM, particularly on the blog and the video, where we break it down from a beginner's basics. You know, what is ABM? why it matters, how to do ABM, what it can't do. So there's some good insight and good resources for you there. But it's quite a common concept now. So there's a lot of information you can get from a lot of sources. Sounds good. So lots of places to go if anyone would like to find out more. And we're going to wrap up the episode here. So thanks for being a great guest, Joe, and teaching us about a new topic. No, no problem. Thanks, Liam. Thanks for inviting me on. So thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back with a very exciting new episode on Monday, the 24th of August which marks episode 40 for the show, and I'm definitely looking forward to that one.